Hebrews chapter 11. The reason that might be a little humorous is because we heard about faith on Wednesday night. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 13, these all died in the faith. These all died, all of these great men and women in the Bible that are mentioned here, we call it Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, or the hall of faith. This world has hall of fame, baseball hall of fame in Cooperstown. We have the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. But these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that, are, or they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. Everybody say, a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. I'm glad he's not ashamed to be called our God today. And I'm not ashamed to call him my God either. Paul said in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. But I want to take my text from that first verse in 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. I want to use this title today, The Envy of the Prophetic. The Envy of the Prophetic. And set your Bibles down, lift up your hands. Would you help me pray? God would talk to us and give us ears to hear. Lord, I give you glory and praise and honor. And I thank you today for your word that's already settled in heaven. God, I pray this, your word, the word says your word will not return void. And so, God, I pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. I pray for illumination and revelation in the name of Jesus upon every heart, mind, and soul in this house. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 Thank you for standing in honor of the reading of the word. You may be seated today. I've shared this story, I believe, at least once before. When I was a a child in Sunday school, there was a man by the name of Brother Castro. I don't even remember his first name. We just called him Brother Castro. And Brother Castro was a a, uh, ventriloquist. Y'all know what a ventriloquist is, right? They can speak when their mouth doesn't move. And it was cool. And he had this dummy i don't remember what the dummy's name was but he had the, the the dummy and he would he would entertain children in sunday school and we we loved it it was great and brother castro was pretty funny uh, i remember one time he walked up to him and he goes hey i want to i want to show you my pride and joy i have a picture in my wallet of my pride and joy and then i was thinking it was probably sister castro or brother castro's kids and he opened up his wallet and there was a picture of pride and joy the detergent and soap that was Brother Castro. Amen. And uh, I remember one time he was doing his little uh, ventriloquist skit, whatever, uh, with the dummy. Uh, and and he, he was actually it was at a banquet. And he was talking back and forth with the dummy. And it talks back. And you, know how the, you know how it works. I'm sure you've probably seen that before. And the dummy looks at Brother Castro and says, Brother Blackwood looks like a million bucks. He looks like a million bucks. Brother Castro looks at the dummy and he goes, but you've never seen a million bucks. And the, 
And the dummy looks back to Brother Castro, which is all Brother Castro speaking, right? And he says, that's what I mean. Brother Blackwood looks like something I ain't never seen before. <laughs> that was just wrong. Well, you may not have seen the Lord, but I can tell you he's real today. You may not have experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, but you, you probably felt it today. I can tell you our God is real. My God is real. Amen. If you come to this morning to tell me God's not real, it's too late to tell me that because I know God is real. He's real. He's real. I know He's real today. In our text today, verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 13, For verily I say unto you that many prophets, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. Jesus himself, God in the flesh, said the prophets long for the day to see the miracles that I am performing in your midst. Jesus said the prophets of old for the last several thousand years, Jesus said the prophets have been longing to see and experience what is being fulfilled before your very eyes and in your ears today. He said they desired to see the things which they have not seen them, but they desired to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Amen. In Hebrews 11, in this hall of faith, goes on to say, who through faith subdued kingdoms like Moses and Joshua and Caleb and Gideon, wrought righteousness like Enoch and obtained promises, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. Moses. They stopped the mouths of lions, David, the lion and a bear, and Daniel in the lion's den, quenched the violence of fire. I think about the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Escaped the edge of the sword like David, and Gideon, out of the weakness were made strong. Samson waxed valiant in fight. I think of Eleazar when his hand claved to the sword. Turned the flight, the armies of the aliens, Jehoshaphat and Gideon. Women received their dead, raised to life again. We heard about that on Wednesday night. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, I'm thinking of John the Baptist, being destitute, afflicted, tor and tormented. They went through all of that, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. I think about Elijah and then Elisha. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They longed for the promise. They endured trials and tribulations and wilderness experiences. And yet, they did that even without the promise. Can I just interject there? Sometimes it, I wonder how, amen, people that are Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost filled, and yet they have a hard time in the wilderness when there were those that lived for God without the promise. How much more that we who have been Spirit filled, amen, live for God. 
in the good and the bad. God having provided some better thing for us. I'm I'm glad God had a plan for us. That they without us should not be made perfect. The neck goes right into Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking. Glad he's my author and the finisher of my faith. You see, Hebrews... The writer of Hebrews is telling us, and he goes through this long lineage of faithful people that lived for God that had seen it afar off and prophesied it and heard about it, but had never received the promise. Never saw the promise. They could see it afar off, but they, they, it wasn't tangible for them. They, they talked about it. They, they, they longed for the Messiah. They longed for the promise of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God with us. But, but they, they didn't experience it like we in the New Testament get to experience it. Can I tell you this morning, the church is the envy of the prophetic. Because God, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Because God provided some better thing for us. Can I say it? He saved the best for last. Haggai 2 and 9, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. The prophets prophesied over 300 times about the Messiah, and yet we know him by name. They, They prophesied about God manifesting himself in the flesh, but we get to experience prophesied in Genesis 22:18 he would be like a, he would be a descendant of Abraham fulfilled in Matthew 11:27 Luke 3:36 I told you I got a lot to say so go ahead and listen fast <clears throat> prophesied oh, I'm not going over 300 plus this morning okay but I'm going to give you a few prophesied in 2 Samuel 7:12 King David's offspring would have an eternal kingdom fulfilled in Luke 1:32 and Revelation 22:16 Prophesied in Malachi 3 and 1, a messenger would prepare the way of the Lord, fulfilled by John the Baptist in Matthew 7.10. Prophesied in Micah 5.2, he would be born in Bethlehem, the house of bread, fulfilled in Matthew 2.1-5. Prophesied in Daniel 9.24, he would bring an end to sin, fulfilled in Galatians 1.3-5. Prophesied in Psalms 16 and 9, God's anointed one would not see decay, fulfilled in Acts 2.31. Prophesied in Psalms 16 and 8, David prophesied about the resurrection of our Savior, fulfilled in John 20, verse 9. Prophesied in Psalms 22 and 1, he would be forsaken and cry out to God, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Fulfilled in Matthew 27, when Jesus on the cross cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? called the art of Ramaez. He was going back some 1,300 years before. Psalms 22 is written. Psalm 22 is written. You can go back and read it. It completely explains and describes Calvary. 1,300 years, 1,250 to 1,300 years before Calvary. About being pierced in his hands and his feet. It's there. Before anyone was even crucifying people. Crucifixion was created by the Persians about 250, 275 B.C. The Romans perfected it. And yet a thousand years before people were being crucified, it was prophesied in the Word of God. 
prophesied in 22.6, Messiah would be despised, fulfilled in Luke 23. Verse number 7, Messiah would be mocked by people shaking their heads, fulfilled in Matthew 27. In verse 15 of Psalms 22, his suffering would include thirst, fulfilled in John 19.28. Verse 16, his hands and feet would be pierced, was fulfilled at Calvary in John 19.37 and 20.27. Psalms 22.17, he would be stripped of his clothing, fulfilled in Luke 23.34. Prophesied in verse 18 of Psalms 22, they would cast lots for his clothing, fulfilled in Matthew 27.35 and John 19.23. Prophesied in Psalms 78, he would teach in parables, fulfilled in Matthew 13, 3, 13 through 15, and a whole lot other times. In Psalms 41, prophesied the betrayal of Jesus. It was fulfilled in John 13 and 18. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Prophesied in Psalms 68 and 8, he would become a stranger in his own brothers, to his own brothers, fulfilled in Luke 8, 20. Zechariah 9 and 9, he would enter Jerusalem while riding on a donkey, fulfilled in Matthew 21 and 6. Zechariah 10 and 4, he would be the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, fulfilled in Ephesians 2.20. We know him as our chief cornerstone. Praise God. Isaiah 7 and 13, I love Isaiah. There's a whole lot of prophecies in Isaiah about the Messiah. That he, Isaiah saw the, the, the Messiah from afar off, but didn't get to walk with him like, like we get to walk with him. Isaiah 7.13 foreshadowed the virgin birth of Jesus, fulfilled in Luke 1.35. He was born of the Virgin Mary. Isaiah 7.14, he would be called Emmanuel, God with us, fulfilled in Matthew 1.23. Isaiah 9.1 and 2, he would appear in Galilee and be a light to the Gentiles, fulfilled in Matthew 4.12, Luke 2.28-32. Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, fulfilled in John 10 and 30 and John 20, 27. Isaiah 11 and 1, he would be a descendant of Jesse, a descendant of Judah, fulfilled in Matthew 1, 2, and 3. Isaiah 35 and 4, he would perform miracles. Mark 10, Mark 7, Matthew 11, Matthew 12, Matthew 9, and that's just a couple. Isaiah 42, he would be humble, meek, fulfilled in Matthew 11, 28. Isaiah 42, 6, he would be a light to the people around the world, fulfilled in Luke 2, 32. Isaiah 50 and 6, he would be beaten and spat upon. It was fulfilled in Matthew 26 and 67 and Matthew 27 when they spit upon our Savior. Isaiah 53, he would suffer for the sins of others, fulfilled in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Isaiah 53, 7, he would be oppressed, fulfilled, Matthew 27, 27. Isaiah 53 and 4, he would suffer for the sins of others, us, humanity, fulfilled again in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 and all the scriptures regarding the cross. Isaiah 53 and 8, he would die and be buried in a wealthy man's tomb, fulfilled in Matthew 27, 45. 53 and 12, he would be numbered with the transgressors, fulfilled in Luke 23. He was crucified between two transgressors at the cross. He would be numbered. He would, be inter- he would intercede for sinners, Luke 23, 34. Isaiah 61, the ministry of Jesus is foreshadowed by Isaiah, fulfilled in Matthew 3, 16, Luke 4, John 8, Luke 4, 19. Prophesied in Isaiah 49 and 6, he would bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Christianity has truly spread to people all over this world and is still being fulfilled today. 
See, Jesus said in Matthew 5, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill the law, to fulfill the prophetic utterings of all the prophets of the Old Testament. I'm not come to destroy, but I am come to fulfill. Praise God. I said, praise God. You see, the Messiah is the envy of the prophetic. They longed to see the Messiah. They prayed for the Messiah. They, they received prophetic and visions and dreams and utterances and, and wrote things down as, as the Holy Ghost inspired them to write them down about the Messiah for thousands of years. And then Jesus just, as he's the well of Israel, because he's the well of Israel, comes in John chapter 4 and sits on the well of Israel. He sat on Jacob's well and the Samaritan woman comes out and he basically discloses to her and says, I am the Messiah that the prophets have been prophetically uttering about. And so she goes to the city and says, you got to come see a man. We've been seeing a far off, but you can come see the man. I just want to preach to somebody this morning. You don't have to hear about him. You don't have to see him afar off, but you can still come see Jesus. You can have a relationship with God Almighty. Praise God. Romans 16, I, I know I get excited. I can't help myself, I get excited about the Word of God. Romans 16, 25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching, everybody say preaching, of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now, it's a secret no longer. But now is made manifest. Every utterance was made manifest. Every prophecy of the Messiah was made manifest in Jesus Christ. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Secret no longer. You know... Unfortunately, we live in a world where Christianity is sometimes still kept a secret. But I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God doesn't, does, His plan of salvation is not to be a secret. Everything points to the cross, everything points to Calvary, All, everything in the Old Testament pointed to the Messiah. They prophesied about him. They talked about him. They prayed for him. They waited until the day the Messiah, God Almighty, would come. And they only saw it afar off. But now, <laughs> it, was a, it was a secret. 
since the world began, but now is made manifest by the scriptures and the prophets. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I said, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. The prophetic pr promises of the Messiah were fulfilled. <coughs> the Messiah was the envy of the prophetic. The prophets, they longed for the Messiah to come. And yet when he came, his own received him not. Not anymore. See, we can still receive him. I said we can receive him. We can still receive the promise that was prophesied about throughout the Old Testament. How is that possible? The prophetic promise of the Holy Ghost is the promise that the prophets could only dream about. You see, get this this morning. The prophets of old were inspired by the Holy Ghost. The inspiration of the Holy Ghost moved upon them. The Spirit of Almighty God inspired them to write the words that they wrote. Isaiah was moved by the Spirit of Almighty God when he wrote things like, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And that word shoulder literally means it's the spur of a hill. It's exactly where Jesus was crucified at Golgotha. It was on the spur of a hill, Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified for all men. But Isaiah could only look down 800 years to when Jesus would come. He would only look. He didn't even know it was going to be 800 years, but he was prophesying. He was hoping it would be within his lifetime. But 800 years later, the Messiah came. They said, when he comes, we're not going to just be inspired. <laughs> but there's going to be an infilling. There are a lot of people today that can get inspired by the Spirit of God. But that was just what they did in the Old Testament. But we not only can be inspired, but we can be filled. There needs to be an infilling of the Spirit of Almighty God. Somebody shout amen. amen. Numbers 11. Let's go way back to Numbers 11. Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake, would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. <clears throat> they, they, they understood the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. They understood that God is a Spirit and God moved upon them and they were thankful that God was moving upon them. Proverbs 1, Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. Prophetically speaking here, Isaiah 32, Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. Isaiah 44, For I will pour water upon them that are thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offering, offspring. Ezekiel 36, a new heart also. Y'all you, could probably quote this. Will I give you any new spirit? Oh, hold on. Ezekiel's prophesying. He's saying up to now, we've had the Spirit of God move upon us. But God doesn't want to just move upon His people. He said, I'm going to put a new spirit within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Amen. They were under the Old Testament law, the tables of stone. He said, but I'm going to put my spirit in you. Yeah. 
I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. There were people that lived holy before the Lord and didn't have the spirit in them. They had the spirit move on them. How much greater should we live for God? And to be bold in our faith. We who have been filled within, not just upon. I'm glad we come to a church that God doesn't just move on, but He moves in. Joel 2.28, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. We know that took place in the book of Acts, and it's still taking place today. In Acts 2, Peter stood up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. The Bible says as Peter was preaching, therefore he said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, these were Jews, these were in Jerusalem, they're, they're, they're Jews, they understood the law, they understood the prophetic utterances that had been co coming forth for 2,000 years, they understood that. But when they heard that, they heard who Jesus is. They were pricked in their heart. You want to move somebody, it's because you've shared with them, Jesus. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And, you know, it's our sugar stick. Then Peter said to them, repent. We heard at 10 o'clock, that's a good place to start, repent. In Australia, the military, when they say an about, we say about face here, they say repent. You I mean, just turn, stop walking in the world and turn to walk with Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But then he says, for this promise, the promise that has been prophesied about, the promise that the, that the, that the, the prophets longed to experience. He said, this promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I am thankful for the promise of the infilling of the Spirit of Almighty God. I'm thankful that God can move on us, but I'm thankful that God moves in us. He doesn't want to just dwell over us and cover us. He wants to abide in us. Matter of fact, that's why Paul wrote many times, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Lord. 
Spirit of God abides here. The Old Testament, He covered. But because of the plan of salvation, He not just covers, He dwells and abides within. I, I want somebody to get the revelation today. You need to understand, when you are filled with the Spirit of the Most High, you are the very envy of the prophetic. The entire Hall of Fame, faith, Hebrews 11. If they could, they would go, I want, I wish I could have experienced it. Now, they're, they're in heaven. They were under the Old Testament law. I understand that. But had you, had you, you talked to them, they would, they longed for experiencing what we experience. They longed to experience not just the Spirit covering in upon but the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit inside of us. What we have was desired by the prophets of old. Somebody shout amen. amen. I told you, see, 28 minutes and I'm almost done with 2,000 words. That's a lot of words. Verse 13, and I'm, I'm going to try to cut, bring this to a close. Musicians, come. These, in our text, these all died in faith. See the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They died in the faith. You ready? We die, hear this, with the faith in us. You see, that's why Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. We are buried with him in baptism, rising in newness of life. But then we receive the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, so that not only are we buried and covered by him, he now dwells in. Old Testament, they were just covered by the Spirit of God. But now not only are we covered by the blood of Christ, but the Spirit of God dwells within over at Ventura last couple days powerful moves of the spirit of God Holy Ghost moved in such a mighty powerful way Friday night it was such a joy to see not just ministers and their wives there but there were so many young people next generation some laying prostrate just speaking in tongues as the spirit of God just moved upon them vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel consecrated, committing their lives to God. And the powerful move of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like it. I don't want the Holy Ghost just to move on us. We need the Spirit of God to take up residence within us. First Peter, writing in chapter 1, he said this, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. 
unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us that did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things, hear this, the angels desire to look into. I want you to have a fresh revelation of who you are today. Not only are you the envy of the prophetic, but for every spirit-filled Christian, you are the envy of the angelic. Oh, I feel the Spirit of the Lord right now. Peter said, the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven to abide right here. Which things the angels, the angels desire to look into. Every time God breathes His Spirit, it's, it's pretty simple. When God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, He breathed into him and he became a living soul. Jesus said in John 3, when He's talking to Nicodemus and He tells him, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. You cannot even see the kingdom of God. And he said, how must that happen? And He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou canst hear the sound thereof. You can hear it. You don't see it, but you can hear it. He goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. That word there, this, the wind and the spirit is new. In the Greek, it's the same word, pneuma, breath of life. Adam became a living soul when God breathed into him. We become a living, eternal, saved soul when we are, when God breathes into, not just breathes on us. There were times where he breathed upon his disciples. There were times when he breathed upon the prophets of old. But he doesn't want to just breathe upon. He wants to breathe his spirit in us. How can I be born again, Nicodemus said? Do I go back into my mother's womb? How, how can I? No, 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 no. Water, we know that's baptism. And spirit. It's spiritual CPR. God breathing his spirit into us. And every time the Lord breathes his spirit into the soul of a man or woman or child, the angels. God never even did that for us. He made us. He didn't breathe into us. You're not just the envy of the prophetic. You're the envy of the angelic. guy credit. I don't want to give him names, but the bad one that failed is jealous of your relationship with the Most High. Because he lost his favor and he lost his position. Not only does he not have position, but he doesn't have the presence of hell look at you and are like you need to understand you have authority 
not in and of yourself, but because of the Spirit of God that abides and dwells inside of you. Let's stand. One more, one more reading. Can I give you one more? 2 Corinthians 1. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timothy, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. And to the glory of God by us. The promise of the Holy Ghost is for every one of us today. Praise God. I don't just prophesy about it or talk about it. I get to experience the fullness of His Spirit in my life. I am so thankful that God breathed into me life. He said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I didn't know what living was like, what living was all about until I experienced the baptism of the Spirit of Almighty God. When I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, my life was changed. When God breathes into my life, it changes things. It changes how I feel, changes how, how I think, changes what I do. And I know it takes time to change habits and all of that, but I'm thankful for the presence of the Spirit of God in my life. And I do not want to go a single day without His presence. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. I wonder to this morning, if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, amen. I want to invite you to an altar if you'd want to come and lift up your hands. And I believe if you'll repent today, I believe God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for this promise is unto you and to your children. Amen. I believe if you want the Spirit of God, maybe you just want to have a renewal of the Spirit of the Lord in your life. Amen. You're not lost. You're not wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong in your situation, but I wonder the church here today, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost before, you say, God, I want you to breathe anew and afresh in my life. God, I want to rededicate, reconsecrate my life unto you. I want to invite everyone here today, if you'd like to come, if you're comfortable today, amen, to come up, step out of your comfort zone, step out of the your aisle, step out of the pew and maybe walk forward and maybe lift up your hands this morning and just begin to call on the name of the Lord this morning. Begin to give Him praise and glory and honor Him. Amen. I believe God wants to breathe into somebody anew and afresh this morning. I believe the presence of the Lord is here today to move and minister in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Maybe you just want God to breathe in you and on you again this morning. In the name of Jesus, we come to you, Lord. Breathe on us and in us again. Renew us, Lord. God, I pray in Jesus' name, every heart, every soul in this house. God, I pray your presence would right now envelop us, abide in us. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Come on. 
Lift up your hands. Everyone just begin to call on the name of the Lord here today. Lift up your voices this morning. Praise and worship Him. He inhabits the praises of His people. Amen. If you need a touch from the Lord, give Him praise. If you need God to do something in your heart today, give Him worship. Just begin to worship the Lord. Begin to magnify the Lord today. And I believe the presence of the Lord is going to bless you this morning in Jesus' name.